Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, Welcome into a brand new edition of Embrace Debate here on the Keep Pounding Podcast Network, powered by the Fans First Sports Network uh, here on TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. I'm your host, Desmond Johnson, joined by Cody from the C3 Chronicles and Monty from the Four Man Rush every single Tuesday, or excuse me, every single Thursday, live 10.30 a.m. here on Tobacco Road Sports Radio. You can catch the only, as far as I'm aware, the only debate-style uh, type live show for the Carolina Panthers specifically. We'll get into some NFL stuff as well as you uh, catch up with us here on your Thursday morning. Fellas, how was your week? We're 0-3, but uh, we've, we've been here before, so <laughs> how's everything going? Have we ever started the season 0-3 before? Yeah, I think we did under uh, – didn't we under uh, – I know, I know we started 1-3. I know we started 1-3. I don't think we've ever started 0-3 before. I pulled up uh, – I saw actually um, – Somebody sent it to me. It was like a meme or whatever of uh, our starts the past like four years because I've been the I've been the uh, the host of the Believe in Panthers podcast since the beginning of the Matt Rule era. So like all I've known is this <laughs> in terms yeah. of reporting. Yeah. all we've known is losing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it was like, like 2020. We were like I think one and two start. 2021 was the weird year. We started three and zero. Remember Sam Darnold? Right. Came in, right. We had a Dallas uh, primetime game. Everything was like forever good. ago now. I was comparing my man to Troy Aikman. The whole bottom fell out as soon as <laughs> as soon as that week was over. Everything just fell out. And then last year, we didn't start zero and three. Last year, I think we started one and two again. Um, yeah, we started one and two. Yeah. Yeah. So this is this is a little different. Um, we uh, of course this is a very interactive uh, show here. You're able to comment. Uh, at the bottom of the YouTube screen there, youtube.com forward slash at Tobacco Road Sports Radio. If you got a question for the panel, uh, a topic you want to debate, you can put that there. and uh, Or you can catch it on the Tobacco Road Sports Radio Facebook Watch uh, channel, and we'll respond to it like our guy uh, Ray right here that's coming in. Um, it does feel good to be done with preseason finally, although it does kind of, in a way, feel like we're kind of stuck in preseason a little bit. Um, let's, uh, let's just get into it. Let me pull up my... Um, my questions for my guys today. Uh, before I open into the questions, any initial statements or comments you guys want to uh, put out there about the state of the team? What you're feeling right now? <sighs> Bro, it makes everything <laughs> so much harder. That's all right there. When, when <laughs> CJ Stroud is out there blocking records, up. man. Yeah. And by the way, two things can be true, right? I believe Bryce can and will be a very good quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. But Stroud was my number one, bro. That's that was my number one quarterback to the draft. But we're gonna have a lot of time to talk he, about all this, oh, man. Yeah. If I remember correctly, Anthony Richardson was your number one. But I'm just here, I'm just giving you a hard time. I <laughs> it, it, it sucks, bro. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to stay positive with it. And that's why I usually we don't do, uh, I, I really don't hop on a podcast at all 
regarding the Panthers immediately after the game because emotionally it's so raw more often than not. So I usually try to wait a day or two before we even respond to anything. So sleep on a night or two, feel a little better or worse about whatever happened, but you have some clarity with it. So that's usually why we do it. So I'm glad we kind of do this show far away from the previous game and right before the next one because it gives us a kind of a week to kind of stew on what we saw and uh, to go from there. But um, let's just jump into it. I'm trying to trying to find my questions and I can't <laughs> I can't find them. Oh, uh, let's I, got start with, him. I got him if you need him. <laughs> let's start with the first one here. Uh, it, it appears that Bryce Young, rookie Bryce Young, is going to play uh, on Sunday when we take on the Minnesota Vikings. 0 and three Minnesota Vikings coming to Bank of America Stadium. Someone's leaving with a win. Somebody's going to leave 0 and four. It looks like he's going to start. With the banged up offensive line that we currently have, we've got two two rookies starting, and Icky. We'll talk about Icky here in a little bit. Is it the best idea to start Bryce Young uh, in this game? Would you start him, or would you stay with Andy Dalton? Um, Cody, let's start off with you. Yeah, I'm a firm believer that you don't learn how to play football at a higher level sitting on the bench. So ultimately, I do want Bryce to go out there, and I do want him to play. Uh, however, I do think that the offense did look a little bit better with Andy Dalton. Now, a lot of people have been saying, well, Frank Reich opened up the playbook more for Andy Dalton than it did for Bryce. And to be honest, I don't know what's true. I mean, I've been looking at the All-22 film. We're going to put that on the C3 network as well. Um, but, I mean, really from the looks of it, I feel like uh, Dalton had a little more poise inside the pocket. He understood uh, what he could get away with. Um, and it's not that I think that Bryce can't, which is why I want him to play. I want him to continue to to grow and learn the throws that he can and can't get away with in the NFL. Uh, but I also, I'm a firm believer that if you can break a quarterback in his first ever year in the NFL, he probably wasn't going to make it long-term anyway. So I want to see Bryce play. I want to see him grow and continue to get better, continue to command the offense uh, but I will say the continuous roulette at left guard and right guard, it does give me some concerns, man. I want him to be able to stay healthy for the rest of the year. And I don't know that our current offensive line formation is a recipe for that to happen. So, yeah. Monty, your thoughts on this, uh, Andy? Andy played well. He threw it 58 times, We and we only ran the ball like 14 times Absurd. last week. Absurd. Yeah, I don't even understand. Uh, even Reich's comments about, well, we were down two scores in the second half. What about the first half? <laughs> yeah, one in the first half, too. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Should Bryce Young start on Sunday, or would you give him an extra week? Yeah, I, I, I'm probably evenly on defense for, for either decision, to be honest, man, because I, I can see, and I think there's a great point for both sides. You know, I agree with Cody. I think that, you know, the best way to learn is is play the game. You know, you can't, you know, you there's no better reps like game reps. Um, so, I, so I do definitely agree with that. I also agree, especially after hearing Cam and having hearing so many football heads speak on it, that, you know, the best way to break a quarterback is for to put him in a situation where he can't be successful his rookie season. And that's kind of what we're looking down the barrel of. You know, we have, um, you know, we're injured across the line, you know, at pretty much everywhere, but the tackles there and our tackles haven't been great. Um, you know, so our offensive line hasn't played well. The offense hasn't looked well all together and yeah and if we're looking at another 58 passing attempts game for Andy Dalton I don't know if I want to see that either but um man, it's it's so it's it's, it's it's definitely we're in a rock and a hard place I do want to see Bryce you know get the game reps and get week four uh, against a bad defense at that I definitely would like to see Bryce play if not I'm still okay with that you know I feel like um I you know I I don't want you know 
Bryce to get, you know, start having create or creating bad habits behind that bad offensive line. And ultimately, I just don't want him to take un- a bunch of unnecessary hits that he doesn't have to take, man. And that's realistically what we're looking at, you know, behind that offensive line. You know, he's already looking at a ankle injury after th- after two games. I just don't want to put him back there, you know, and for him to get killed. And and you know, we're not even ready to compete this year. So I'm I, I'm I would be happy with either either way. You know, if, if Dalton starts, I'm fine. If Bryce starts, I you know I'm I'm equally as happy. The um yeah, that's my concern is the O line, and um I don't want to say I'd rather Andy Dalton get beat up before Bryce Young, but that's kind of where <laughs> that's kind of where I am. Like I mean, plus two Dalton. I don't think they were running different plays. It felt like the same plays they were running. It's just Dalton gave them like an extra half second. You know what I mean? Like he'd sidestep and throw it over to the side that Bryce never looked at on that particular play. And the guy's open or uh, he found Thielen, you know, streaking, you know, down the slot after he made a move to the right or whatever. Like he did a little bit extra just to let them have a little bit extra time. And uh, he knew where he was going with the ball. Uh, That dude's thrown for 38,000 yards. Like he's a vet, (laughs) you know, like just not a lot of people to throw for 38,000 yards in the NFL. So, uh, having said that, in hindsight, I almost wish they had let Andy start at the beginning of the season and then let Bryce come in after week six after the bye. So that way you have Andy playing during this tough – this is really the toughest stretch of our schedule is these first six games because after that you start playing Chicago, Indy, Houston. But like we'll, we'll answer these questions about CJ versus Bryce or whatever because they're going to play each other uh, here in the next month. So, But in, in today's NFL, there's no way that you could do that. With CJ Stroud starting, Anthony Richardson starting, you move up to number one. It might have been ideal to not start him, but it's like imagine the criticism if every other rookie quarterback started and the guy that we moved up to number one for didn't. You know, it it was going to happen no matter what. Plus, too, I think the problem with us is the last time we had a number one quarterback was Cam Newton. And I think subconsciously we're comparing cam's rookie year to what we've seen from bryce so far and that's not fair because well cam had way more (laughs) to work with and he said this uh oh yeah uh well he said this online on someone's podcast uh, i just saw it this morning actually where he's right he's saying yeah down the road he he trusts bryce he thinks bryce can be a great quarterback but the panthers have not put bryce in a position to succeed immediately out the door with what's around him like they just haven't like point blank the the receiving core uh, the, the line, the running backs. It's not built for Bryce right at this moment to have instant success. Cam got parachuted into a group that had uh, a Hall of Fame wide receiver and Steve Smith at his peak, uh, Greg Olson at his peak, uh, double trouble. Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams were in his backfield. Yeah, Jeremy Shockey is a second wide, uh, tight end. Like he had dudes. <laughs> Jer- uh, uh, Gross was still the, the left tackle. He had an established left tackle already there. Like, they just parachute him in. Bryce has none of those things at all. So when we compare Bryce to CJ Stroud or whoever else, he's dealing with a different deck, though, right? Yeah. So, and and I, I'll say, I didn't, I didn't mean to cut you off, Daz. I'll good. say this that um, I don't think that it's also fair to compare rookie situations to another rookie because they're two completely different teams. You yeah. know, or like, you know, because we're in, and like you just, you just hit it on the head. Like, if you compare our offense to the Texans, like our offense isn't better than the Texans, you know, and, and that's just me being honest. <laughs> Even with, and then when you look at the the way they scheme Anthony Richardson open in Indy versus our scheme here is not comparable. So you know, I I don't think it's fair to compare. You know, because I'll be I'll be honest. If Bryce didn't start the entire season in Dalton play, I wouldn't be. You know, I probably be a little salty. Wouldn't be that salty though, man. Especially when you look at the history of first round quarterbacks that sit and they come out. They, no. 
bro, there's a lot more good quarterbacks that sit or don't play a lot. For Drew Brees, the guy that we keep comparing uh, Bryce to, Drew Brees didn't play or uh, didn't play a significant snaps at all his first year. Mm-hmm. Came out and started cooking, man. So it's like I, it, I would have been a little upset. I wouldn't have been that upset, man. It was like, dude, if, especially if we can't protect him. You know, what's, what what good is us getting putting him out there for six games? He gets killed, put on IR, and then, you know, we don't see him for the rest of his rookie year anyway. So, no, Desmond, I know, I, I know we're going long here, yeah. but I got to respond to that because I would be so salty. I'd be so salty if he didn't start, man. Because And I think the reason why a lot of people are being very hard on Bryce is you moved up to the number one pick and you drafted a five foot 10 200-pound quarterback. The reason why you do that is because he is so ahead of the game mentally, right? The guy throws with touch, with accuracy. He navigates the pocket well. He does all these things that are indicative of a number one pick, even though he doesn't have the size. So if you're going to tell me this guy whose selling point was that he was the most ready and most prepared out of every quarterback in the draft, and then you start your NFL season and he's not prepared to do any of those things like a Cam Newton, like a Trevor Lawrence, like a Joe Burrow, like a, you know, I mean, like all these guys, Justin Herbert, that have had to start year one. It's like, bro, I I understand it might not be fair, but a lot of these comparisons are going to continue to happen. People are going to compare Bryce rookie season to Cam Newton's rookie season, whether we like it or not, because they were both number one picks for the Panthers. So, I, I would I would not be happy if we decided to sit Dalton uh, or decided to sit Bryce in favor of Dalton. It, to me, it's starting to sound like it's a messaging issue. Um, as much as I still like Frank Wright, still like this coaching staff, it feels like they sold they oversold what they were going to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and and the, and the fan base who were like uh, a battered spouse over the past like four or five years, and we're hearing, oh, you're about to get all this good stuff, all this good stuff. And then we see the product on the field. We're like, that's not what we were told. And like, I think yeah. that's the main issue. I don't know so much if we're worried about Bryce. I think we're more worried about the the coaching staff promising stuff that they can't deliver this year. They just they don't have enough bodies. Like, <laughs> literally, it felt like. Um, and I said this on Believe in Panthers earlier in the week. But watching that game Sunday, it felt like we were watching our troops get mowed down one by one, uh, like throughout the game, yeah. the amount of injuries, and it got to a comical point where it was like. Who's the next guy? Half the starters are out. (laughs) Like, I didn't even see what happened to Frankie Louvu. Like, I went out the room to get something to eat and came back. My oos is on the sideline with a towel on his shoulders. Like, what hip? Like, what happened? (laughs) Like, what happened to Frankie? Like, and I still don't know. We still don't know what's uh, the deal with Frankie in terms of if he's available on Sunday or not. Um, But yeah, so I agree. I think, uh, I think, I think Bryce needs to play. Um, Now, having said that, moving up to the offensive line, is it time to start questioning Nikki Aquanu at left tackle? And this has been a debate that's been going on, I know, with you guys on Twitter, on this, oh, yeah. like for going on two years. So this should be juicy. Um, Monty, I'll let you go first on this. Is it time to start questioning Nikki? Because uh, Seattle did. Did you see what Seattle did on their social media after the game? They <laughs> they put a bit yeah, of man, um, all the full starts stacked up. <laughs> I, I've, mm-hmm. I've been one of the loudest uh, Icky supporters. Um so it's about that time, guys. It's almost about that time, fellas. Um, mm-hmm. Icky, Icky, and I, I'm not going to say move him to guard. It's almost because because this this is this is why I'm at. Wow. It's like, dude, we drafted you to be all. We, we need a franchise left tackle. I I get the under. I get the want to move him to guard. I'm at the point. It's like, bro, 
we we might have to be had to look to make some real changes on that offensive line as a whole, man. And it's not just because of Icky. I'll be honest, it's not Icky has not played well. He hasn't looked well, but Taylor Mode hasn't looked well either. Yeah, I'll say this. I think that we realistically next year we have to go all in on improving our weapons on offense and that offensive line, man. Uh, you know we're we are way too beat up. We don't have enough depth. At you know, at almost any position, if Icky goes down, you know, our swing tackle is now out for the season. You know, so I feel like you know we we don't have the depth that we need. But Icky has not looked good, man, and it's and it's concerning. Year two, he looks like he's regressed versus gotten better, and that that's kind of where I, where I think I, I'm kind of more concerned. It's not that I think that he can't be a good tackle, is but the you know he had a decent rookie season. You know, I, I feel like you know we, we harp about some of the games that he like you know game one against Miles Garrett. You know, I feel like we talk about that, but we don't talk about you know there was a seven to ten game stretch where he was very good, and we're not seeing that so far at the top of the season. You know, he he does you know it looks like he's moving in mud a lot of times. You know, his feet. Mm-hmm. His feet isn't fast enough. He he's getting beat on you know on stunts that that usually you would think that he'd be better on. So I'm um, yeah man, Cody, hey, Cody, I'm gonna let you get the floor, brother, because I know he's been waiting and ready to let this thing go. But, yeah, go on and I, go on and, and go ahead and do it. Cody. Let the clip out, man. Kimakwanu is playing the wrong position, and I've been saying it for a long time. By the way, we knew this when he was coming out of college. Because if you remember, when we were determining who the left tackle was going to be, it came from a run-heavy offense where they were running the ball at a high clip, and Charles Cross came from Mississippi State where they had the air raid offense, and they were in pass protection all the time. He was very good as a rookie last year, but we were running the ball at a high clip with Deonta Foreman and Chuba Hubbard. People continue to get mad at me because I've said this before. I'm saying it now, and I don't care who gets mad. He does not have the skill set to play left tackle in the NFL, and that's not an insult. I believe if you move him one position over to guard, he is literally the most important offensive lineman that we have on the football team. Run the football behind Kwanu. He can pull. He's powerful at the point of attack. And by the way, if you break down his game and look at the All-22, all of his problems always come when he's on the back foot, when he's doing the speed, or you know, when he's trying to stop the speed rush. His hand placement is, is terrible. When he's doing his kick sets, it's just not suited for him. The problem is now you had an option before. You could have put Icky at left guard and Brady Christensen at left tackle. Mm. But now you no longer have that luxury. So now Akima Kwanda was going to have to stay at left tackle this entire season because they don't even have the option to move him inside. It is not an insult to say that Akima Kwanda should be playing left guard because he should be. And it's something that should have happened already, man. And and I'm disappointed because I feel like now we're just putting him in a position to fail on a bad offensive line. He's trying to grow and learn the position, and he's not in a situation that is going to allow him to be able to grow at that position. So, yeah, something needs to be done, but he does not have the skill set to play left tackle at a high level in the NFL. That was really well put, actually, Cody. Um, And I think you convinced me because I came into that question not knowing for sure either way. 
um, I think people do forget the amount of running we were doing, the the rushing attempts we had the last like yeah. half the season last year when uh Wilkes came in and was like, look, we're gonna run the ball. Like regardless if they stop it or not, we're gonna run the ball. They were running the ball 40, 45 times a game. So it's a little bit easier for a guy like Aquanu to just know what he's doing. And we're not doing that. Like, again, we ran the ball 14 times last uh this past Sunday. That's right. not beneficial to what you drafted. Now I know Frank Wright didn't draft them, mm-hmm. but they def they they went out of their way to make sure they kept the offensive line intact because they specifically told us they thought that was one of the better units on the team. So that that's what makes it for me um, head scratching because everything's kind of still in place for the offensive uh, line room. You know, James Campion's still here. They retained him. Uh, one of the best in the business. Let, let, uh, let me respond. Let me respond to that, let me respond to that, Des, because I, yeah. I, I do kind of have a rebuttal for that. And I don't fully disagree with you, Cody. I think that if we're, you know, comparing last year's offense and comparing this year's offense ain't really fair because I, and, and the reason because we were forced to run the ball like that last year because we, we just didn't have the offense, not only the f- offensive firepower, we didn't have the quarterback. You know, right. I mean, let's, let's just be honest. You know, we, we had a, you know, we had musical chairs at quarterback last year. Uh, you know, we had just fired our head coach, you know, and we just fired the defensive coordinator. We were forced to run the ball 30 plus times a game because again, we, well, there was no other way we could have competed. It would have been a blowout every other game but you know if we did drop if you know if we had Darnold throwing the ball 40 plus times a game. Oh Lord yeah if, yeah nobody you know <laughs> nobody wanted to see Darnold drop back you know 30 30 plus times a game and compete like there was there was no way we could have realistically competed that way which is how you got us start running the ball 30 running the air out of the ball you know well, I, that it, was a blessing in disguise because that absolutely. actually gave them an identity you know and that's absolutely. something we're missing this year. Like I wish they'd do that again now. Uh just not not maybe not 30 40 times a game but I need a hard 20 25 attempts rushing the ball regardless of what the score like we need to yeah. something to that effect because this has turned into a pattern where reich and company are they're they're letting the game dictate what they call instead of going into the game dictating the game by their calls you know what Definitely. i mean like that's exactly what's happening right now where they're reacting instead of uh instead of punching you in the mouth first they're getting hit in the face and trying to figure out what to do uh to respond to it and it's it's kind of jarring but then again we're, we're kind of well it is different the matt rule teams to be honest the frustrating thing about them they would be close the entire game and then they'd figure out a way to lose it in the fourth quarter and it'd always be some different way that they lost the football game fumble at the end zone uh <laughs> dj Moore taking off his helmet you know it'd be something weird and we'd lose the game off of something in the fourth this team feels outgunned like this team feels like they don't have enough weapons on both sides of the the ball yeah. to compete uh, and they were they had depth issues to begin with before anybody got hurt. So now you really wow. start to see it compound with nothing behind them, you know? I'll be sure with it. If you want to run the ball, put Icky at guard. <laughs> I mean, it, dude, it's a left tackle if you move him. To, that, that, that's what I'm saying. I really don't. I, I believe Calvin Throckmorton did play left tackle at Oregon. I'm not saying that he's the answer. But by the way, that's another bad look. What happens if, after the end of the season – the Panthers spent years looking for a left tackle. We draft one hoping that he's going to be the left tackle. And then now your brand new quarterback, Bryce, still doesn't have a dependable left tackle. It's it's just a bad look no matter what. But if you want to run the football, you need your big, mean, nasty guys in the middle of your offensive line. And keep in mind, we have Austin Corbett coming back. So I would rather get this ball rolling now, try and find some semblance of a run game, that way, when you do have to pass the ball, no matter who's playing left tackle, at least you can let your quarterback know to get the ball out of his hands quickly. 
let's uh let's move on to the next question we'll move up to the coaching staff now uh sure. we're three games in so it might not be a very fair question but have you lost faith in head coach Frank Wright yet? And that's a wide open question that could go all over the place. But uh, Cody, I'll actually let you start off with that. Have you lost faith in uh, the plan that we've been sold so far? Desmond, it's just hard, man. Because I remember when we had Matt Rule and I was defending him saying, okay, it's too early. It's the first year. You can't freak out after the first year. But Panthers have PTSD, man, that – Panthers traumatic stress disorder. It's like we've been through so much losing. It's hard to not look at this coaching staff that has been so hyped up, so built up, and to to continue to see them fail like this. It also doesn't make it better when you had this vanilla offense during the preseason under the auspices that you're going to start the season and that's when you're going to open up the playbook. That's when you're going to see the better part of your offense. And we haven't seen that right now. Like, we already have a controversy about who should be calling plays between Frank Reich and, and Thomas Brown. Um, and I, I want to be fair, because if we're going to be up here and complain about the wide receivers and how little separation that they're able to get, then, you know, that's not necessarily Frank Reich's fault either. Like, he's trying to call plays to be able to move the ball with the type of talent that he has on the team right now. And I don't think that we're talented enough, so it hasn't looked good. So I, I'm not, I'm not, you know, ready to hit the panic button. Uh, I do think that we look bad. I want to see how this team responds, but um, yeah, I, I think Frank Wright did a terrible disservice to himself by not having this team do more during the preseason because that set the bar so much higher for every Panther fan and their own expectations for this football team. Monty, your thoughts on this? Uh, have you lost faith in head coach Frank Wright yet after uh, three weeks of play? Yeah, man. I'm, I'm just going to come out <laughs> <Yeah>. here. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, man, uh, in this, uh, I, 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 Cody, I hear you, brother. I really do. And I, it's, it's hard to jump ship over three games. My, where 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 I had I draw exception is what we look a lot or very similar to the Matt Rule run all team. Is just under different coaching, and I, you know, I, and I feel like now to your let's even addressing the wide receiver thing. I know you say you can't blame him because receivers aren't getting separation. My re response to that is, well, dude, those were the receivers you wanted. <laughs> those were the receivers you went and got in free agency. Yeah, for you real. Know, <laughs> you, you know, you wanted DJ Chart. You wanted Adam Thielen. You know, so and it was and and you traded up to go get Jonathan Mingo when there were better receivers available in the draft. So it's hard to 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 give you the the pass on receivers not getting separation when this was the offense that you handpicked for this you know for for Bryce's rookie season. So I I, I I can't really give him that you know that that exception and and to even go a step further, you went and got Miles Sanders. You know y'all have a, a whole section from the Panthers saying how how excited y'all were for adding Miles Sanders and y'all could have kept De Deontay Foreman for cheaper and in my opinion he would have been a better suited for what you want to do on offense. He'd probably be happy about, right now, too, because he oh, ain't playing in Chicago. Feels like he's a healthy scratch right, every week. Right. I mean, he yeah. took a bag of Doritos to go play for Chicago. Like, well, and, I mean, well, I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, I mean De Deontay Foreman fits what we want to do offensively, especially we're running the yeah. ball more than Miles Sanders does. We don't you know, have power back. That's, exactly. that's a huge can Monty, can I ask you a question, though? At what point does all that blame that you just said go on Federer? Like, we have, oh, a, G we like, we have a GM – 
that has been in charge of the last three years of drafting. It's like, why am I putting that on Frank Reich? Like, why, why, why are you putting that on Frank Reich and not on Fitter? Because to me, that doesn't seem entirely like a Frank Reich problem. It's, it's not all on, you know, it, it's not all on Frank Reich. But I mean, but my response to that was, and you know, uh, I, you know, what, I'll be honest. I'll even go a step further. It's, you were, I'm looking at Tepper to be honest. Tepper is is the big culprit because again, Tepper, you, that, you you did you didn't go with the guy that completely turned your team around in in half the season. You didn't go with him to get an offensive minded guy, and now your offense is terrible. Who I mean, I, I look, Scott Fitter isn't a free of blame. David Tepper isn't free of blame, but neither is Frank Wright. You know, Frank Wright, like you said, you know, before the season started, this was supposed to be an all-star coaching staff. We're going to supposed to be, we were supposed to be looking at an offense that we've never seen before in Carolina. You know, it's, it's supposed to be you know, they're supposed to open up the, the playbook when the season starts. And bro, we're one of the worst offenses in the NFL. Now, I do understand we've been snake bitten by injury. So I mean, not all of it is on the coaching staff as well, but dude, in three games, I've I've seen nothing for me to have faith with, with this with this coaching staff now. I will say this about Scott Fitterer. I can't say he's had three years of drafts because two of those three years, uh, Matt Rule was here. And from everything we've been told, Matt Rule was kind of the final say on, on a lot of those picks uh, that now we're seeing in hindsight. A lot of those picks aren't panning out. A lot of the picks that he picked uh, during that that Matt Rule stretch that we thought were good draft picks at the time, time has kind of shown that you know, maybe they're not. And now we're, we're questioning Jeremy Chin and his value where two years ago, he was like an untradeable player in a lot of people's eyes because of way I'm with you, Desmond. Here. I'm yeah. with you, Desmond. Trade him. Trade him. <laughs> You're not even using him. You're not even putting him on the field. And especially a, a, he can play linebacker. Last time I checked, we're missing linebackers. Like put him there. <laughs> like put him. Panther in fans are the only ones that want him to play linebacker. The, none of our coaches have ever thought or trusted him to play linebacker, though. So it's like, well, it's hurt. Put him at safety. <laughs> like just put well, him. That's the thing. Like, you know, it, it's not like we don't have the holes. Like there's some place he can play. Like well, there's there's two better play. safeties back there too. So it's like where do where do you put him? Because he's not better than Woods, or he's not better than Bill. So well, it's like, I mean, well, Woods is out, right? Woods is injured now. So and he's injured for what well, hamstring. So he's gonna be out minimum six weeks he's, yeah. he's gonna play he's got if he doesn't play this sunday something's going on like honestly if he if jeremy chen can't get on the field this week with all the injuries they got going on and it's got to be all hands on deck because we had justin jefferson coming into charlotte on, on sunday that scares me to death right now yeah uh, you got teams out here dropping 70 burgers on, on t- <laughs> like we I would we see that we're about to see if, him if, if i'm a zero of arrow i'm playing him like a strike safety I'm blitzing him all the time. Touching him up all day. All <laughs> not even trying time. to. You ain't getting free, buddy. Because these these images, when you see like uh, Tyreek Hill completely wide open, no one around him for twenty yards. Yeah. You know, where's the defender? That we got to deal with that in a couple of weeks. Yeah. We'll we'll get to we'll get to that in a bit because Miami is on the schedule. I don't want to bring anybody down, but yeah, it'll, I think it's right before the bye, so we just got to yeah. get through these first six weeks and then. Uh, oh boy, good old Tua Tagovailoa <laughs> is coming in to cook up. Yo, hey, he, man, Cody, I'm, I'm letting start, you know, man. brother. I'm going to let. I am going to be the loudest Panther fan in the world. It let Tua hangs 30 40 points on us dude i'm just <laughs> actually I mean, let, me just, let me just go to that because uh as we're getting here towards the end of it uh we'd like to open it up to a bigger uh, debate in the nfl and i'll just ask you the same question i asked last week which nfl team good or bad surprised you the most last weekend i'm gonna i, I don't want to say miami just because i've I, you know cody to tell you i've been the biggest tour stand since since before he got drafted so I don't want to say my, I'm surprised by Tua. I've always been high on Tua. Anytime you drop 70 points on anybody in the NFL, 
dude, that's that's unheard of, man. Like, <laughs> I, it was funny. I literally, uh, we were watching the, or, you know, it's funny because we were watching the Oregon game, Oregon and Colorado State the, uh, game. I was watching with my parents, and I was telling my mom, I was like, in the NFL, you never see that type of blowout happen. You, it just doesn't happen. Nope. Very next day, <laughs> it was <laughs> and I was same like, state, Denver. Denver exactly just same, same game, different, uh, different league, and it was it was ugly, man. <laughs> Dude, I was like, I was like, did I start drinking early and don't remember it? Because like I, I, I sat down and the score went across my screen. I was like. Dude, I, when, I thought, when I saw it, on, when I saw that got the ESPN notice, I was like, "It's no way that's real. There's no There's way. No way that's an accurate number, bro." And Somebody messed up in the truck, and then it came across again. I was like, 70? How do you even score seventy in a football game in the NFL?" And then I saw the highlights, and it was just like they scored thirty-five in the first, they scored thirty-five in the second. They, they yep. could have broke the record. The record was seventy-two, I think, and they had a chance to kick a field goal there at the end. And uh, the the head coach for the Dolphins. Um, What's his name, Mike McDonald? McDaniels. 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 Yeah, I love how he called off the dogs once they got to 70. <laughs> once they got to 70. Dude, like, what's, oh, what's, what's, we're not going to kick a field goal. We're going to be respectful like, here. I heard rumors. I heard rumors that coaches. Yeah, rumors that GMs and coaches were mad that they ran up the points like that. They had second and third string guys in there. They were running like screens and scores. <laughs> like they no, weren't even trying really, to score. <laughs> they kept doing it. They would have hated me because once, once we're at 60, I'm trying to go for the record. Like, yeah. oh, nah, bro. Yeah, straight up. Century <laughs> mark today, boys, we're going to be in the record book today. Like, straight I, up. <laughs> uh, who's, your, who's your surprise team from this past week, Cody? Uh, listen, it's not really a surprise. I liked them before the season started. And I think they're one of, if not the best team in football. Maybe not the, but they're up there. Bro, it's the Cleveland Browns. Mm. Dude, that defense is absolutely disgusting. Miles Garrett, I mean, look, I don't care if someone says Miles Garrett is the best uh, D lineman in football. Because he might be, man. That dude is unblockable. And listen, I understand that because of recent events, a lot of people don't like Deshaun Watson. And I get that, and I understand, and I'm not trying to tell you to think differently about Deshaun if you already feel some type of way about him. But to pretend like this guy who was incredible for the Houston Texans when he was playing at a high level was one of the better quarterbacks in all of football, and we think that all of a sudden this guy just forgot how to play? Like, that was never reasonable, man. That was never reasonable. Deshaun is an absolute baller, regardless of what you think about him as a person. He's going to continue to get better in that offense. Um, I really like Kevin Stefanski and what they're doing up there. Uh, They lost Nick Chubb, but Kareem Hunt came back, and he's a great option for that offense. Uh, The Browns are a problem, gentlemen, straight up. My in-laws are from Cleveland, so I always joke with them. Even when Cleveland's got an opportunistic year like this year, I'm like, yeah, but you're still the Browns. Like eventually, <laughs> eventually this yeah. is gonna come back. To, I feel like Stephen A. with the Cowboys when it comes to me and the Browns. It's like eventually it's gonna come back to the mean here. Uh, I think for me, it's actually the Cowboys. Uh, yeah, losing the way they did to Arizona because we were we were this close to saying Dallas might be the best team in football. Like literally, there was people right there about to say it, and then uh, Arizona, who everybody thought was trying to lose. Just went out and played a football game. I think the Cowboys went in that game thinking Arizona was going to lay down, and they and they got punched in the face, so they were not ready for it. Plus, losing uh, Diggs, that's huge for that defense that had been playing really well the first two weeks. And they played the Giants and the Jets the first two weeks. They played the Jets without Aaron Rodgers, and they played the Giants. I, I don't even know uh, <laughs> like how to figure out what the Giants are. Um, 
with their over. We got a Cowboys fan in the chat too. How about that? See, oh, see they're, they're everywhere, man. They walk among us. They're, yeah, they're all over the place. Um, but not, yeah, the cow, yeah, the Cowboys probably are the ones that were I was the most surprised by because you know what, Kellen, your team was favored by double digits. You lost by double digits. Like, if you want people to not talk about the Cowboys, the Cowboys probably need to hold up their end of the bargain. <laughs> Other than not just losing the game, but losing it in spectacular cowboy fashion like that's why people are talking about them right now um but i do think that right now top team in the league it might be miami i know they're the fastest the niners if we're talking- <laughs> They're the fastest team in yeah, the league. Yeah, 49 sure. it's also hard to not say the 49ers too yeah niners and let's be real team. how brock purdy is doing in that offense like that's the vision for bryce they're the same yep. size relatively the same arm talent Bryce is probably a little more mobile than than uh than Brock, but that that's what what the okay what the 49ers and the Dolphins are doing, that's the blueprint for Carolina. Yep. You put weapons upon weapons upon weapons everywhere on that offense, and you let him distribute the football and you run the football. They have good offensive lines. It's just how to build around the team, and you're never having to ask your quarterback to play superhero ball. That's that's the blueprint. It's out there. And, and and that and we have to say this too. That took time for them to build this. What year's Tua? Yeah. Is this year four for Tua in Miami? Is that right? Uh yeah, it, I, this is year four. Yeah, four. four. Yeah. So it's took it's taken four years for them to build this up. They had to go out and get a $25 million a year receiver in Tyree Kill. They went out and bought a top three wide receiver. You know, they drafted all this speed around it. It took two, three drafts for them to get there. The 49ers, they are loaded with first round picks. So they have been loading up on the past seven, eight years on defense, especially they go out and get the number one running back in the league and Christian McCaffrey, you know, just to make it easy. They already had Debo Samuel. Like they've got, it took them time to build this. And I say this to the Panther nation, this is going to take time. Like this is not going to be one of those years where we flip a switch, rattle off eight wins and maybe sneak in the playoffs or whatever with what we have. Like, have you seen this team? (laughs) Like, this is not, this is not the year for that. This is a, this is a complete rebuild. I'll just say it. This is a rebuild. Like there's no other way to put it. And if you just look at Miami when Tua was drafted till now, it's a complete different team, man. You know, like they they went and got a head coach. You know, yeah. they went weapons. You know, and they prioritized elite weapons over. In, in San Francisco is another example. They they prioritized elite weapons over draft picks. You know, they even busted on a quarterback and still arguably the best team in the NFL. You know, with drafting a bust at quarterback yeah. because they were able to build a team. So yeah. I agree. I, before we before we go, fellas, I got to address one of the comments in here because somebody says Bryce isn't Tua, and I think that's <laughs> I think that's a, the God would one of the craziest comments of war. Dude, if you just look at Bryce's time with Alabama on a uh, less talented team versus Tua with, at Alabama with the with the weapons he had around him, oh. dude, it's, the, let's, we can't go. I'm, and Cody knows I've been the biggest Tua stand since, he, since we drafted him. Dude, Bryce Young is going to be special. So I, I don't think it's just like what Cody said, how you build around Tua is exactly how you build around Bryce, man. Yeah. You got to go get weapons for him. Well, and Desmond, I wanted to respond to something that you said real quick. Yeah, sure. You said that that we're we're rebuilding, mm-hmm. that we're a rebuilding football team. But the Panthers don't have the luxury of being able to lose like a rebuilding team does because we don't have a first-round pick next year. So, if, I mean, listen, like we're we're literally at the point where uh, I think Josh Klein on Twitter said it, bro. If we go one and five or or, or you know, zero oh and six, at that point you have to consider 
putting Brian Burns and Jeremy Chen on the trade block to try and recoup to try and recoup some of that. I mean, a, a, am I wrong? Let me put it to you this way. Let's say that the Carolina Panthers have a top five pick this year that's going to the Bears. And we're one of the worst teams in the NFL. You have no first round draft pick to add to your offensive line. You can't go get a Marvin Harrison Jr. out of Ohio State. Like, dude, you're you're dead on arrival. You're you're telling your fans I don't agree. that, even, that I, even in the that even next year in 2024 you're not going to be a contender. And if I'm so wrong, why haven't they paid Brian Burns yet? Then well, uh, well, Burns cut off the conversation once the season started, so that's why right. I haven't signed him. So that that's that. And then I, I don't like the idea that we need to be in this constant cycle of chasing first round picks. That's what it feels like. People are so scared because we don't have a first round pick as if that first round pick was going to completely change the fortunes of the franchise where it's so hit or miss that I just don't, I don't buy the idea that we are sunk because we lost our first round pick to Chicago and it's still up for debate. People are asking who won that, that trade. We don't know. Cause we don't know exactly what Bryce Young's going to be yet. I know DJ Moore's not happy. I bet he wishes he was still in Carolina the way yeah. Chicago is right now. Yeah. But that to me, this whole idea of trading off burns for these two picks or, or whatever he would get at this point, he's not getting two ones now because that, that ship's already sailed. So yeah. we're trading off the one guy we drafted in the first round that, by and large, is our best player on the roster at this point to, yeah. to get a first-round pick that may or may not pan out. That's the exact same thing we just did with, with Christian yeah. McCaffrey. That's the exact same thing we did with DJ Moore, and we're regretting those decisions today. Like, we kept them and figured out another way to move up. It also yeah. means you're hoping all your answers lie in free agency. I mean, we haven't even been able to hit on later-round draft picks. True. I'll say this. I think that now, to your point, if you say we need to be better in the draft, sure, I, I totally agree with you. But if, if we're talking about just weapons, you're this is the perfect year. To, even if you don't have a first-round pick for a receiver, you're going to get a good receiver in the first. Deep. Round. Yeah, if it's a know, deep. It's a deep, it's very deep class. Yeah. You're going to get a very good receiver this year as long as you have a first, first or second-round pick. So you're going to get a weapon there. And I feel like we do have to be better with late later round picks. That being said, I don't think that we're we're out by you know even without having the first round pick. I do agree that having that first round pick is definitely a lot better than not having one. But again, you see, for instance, you see LA; they haven't had a first round pick in what four years, right? And 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 they're they're still a contending team. Now, again, to your point, Cody, we have to be better in the draft, and and not and it's not just day one; it's day three. We have to be better from rounds four down to seven, you know, and that's kind of where we we. The very last thing I'll say, I know we got to get out of here. The last thing I'll say, I would rather get something in return for Brian Burns than let him walk at the end of this year because the Panthers and Brian Burns aren't going to come to an agreement on how much he's worth. Well, I said the same thing before uh, we got rid of Curtis Samuel. Get well, something for him if he's not going to be a long-term Panther. Well, we haven't said any indications from Burns that he doesn't want to be a long-term Panther. And then the way the NFL is set up, the Panthers still control, for the most part, where he's going to be next year because they can just franchise tag him. Uh, but they don't want to do that because – and I know he doesn't want to do that. Players never want the franchise tag. So I do think something will happen this year. I'm more worried about him being out there by himself because, again, all the, all the troops he came with <laughs> when they were storming the beach – most of them are down. It's just him out there you know, trying to raid it, raid the facility like Rambo by himself. And I'm worried that him trying to play for this contract will uh, 
not be good by the time we get to the end of the year. And maybe maybe they do give him his deal before the year is over with. But uh, I don't think that's top of mind for them right now. I think they just want to beat Minnesota. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, Minnesota Vikings coming into town, Bank of America Stadium Sunday. It's a 1 o'clock kickoff on Fox. Both teams are 0-3 on the season, but don't let that fool you. With Minnesota, they're probably the best 0-3 team out of the batch. Um, they're one of the top offenses in the league. Uh, they also lead the league in turnovers. So that's something storyline-wise to keep an eye on uh, going into that matchup. That might be the way for Carolina to get a, a victory here. Uh, we'll be back next week, next Thursday, 10.30 a.m. live here on Tobacco Road Sports Radio, uh, the YouTube channel. Uh, hit that subscribe button for us. We're trying to get to 1,000 subscribers by the end of the season. I think we're just over 900, so appreciate those that have come in and done that. It's uh, youtube.com forward slash at Tobacco Road Sports Radio. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform under the Keep Pounding Podcast Network, powered by Fans First Sports Network. Uh, we'll be back next week for Cody, for Monty. I'm Des. You've been listening to Embrace Debate here on the Keep Pounding Podcast Network. Keep pounding. Keep pounding. Keep pounding.